Welcome to the Terminal Value Podcast. We have Christian Chasmer with us today, and we're going to be talking about leading around burnout. And if that title sounds a little goofy, it's because the uh, there's actually a couple of topics that we're weaving in here. So one is the health angle, because there's an extremely important health aspect to you, to both preventing and overcoming burnout, but there's also a leadership aspect. And Christian has embodied both in his company. And so I wanted to bring him on to be able to tell his story. So with that said, Christian, please introduce yourself and uh, don't let me go on too long. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, thanks for having me on here, Doug. Been an entrepreneur for all the way since college, since I was 20 years old, starting out with a franchising company, doing exterior painting where I learned really all there is around sales, marketing, management through the fire. Yeah. And I really learned back then that I loved entrepreneurship and I wasn't a great leader at that time. I was basically what I would call a selfish leader. I was pushing my team too hard. Most of the people in that company and that franchise went through about eight employees over a summer. I went through 25. Yeah. So after that summer, I realized, okay, I, I really love being an entrepreneur and I have to be a better leader and a better human. So yeah, really focused on that. The next 10 years started a real estate company and then started a consulting company and now started uh, vessel health with my partners and vessel health is a, a wellness card where at home people can pee on it, take a photo of it with their app and it'll tell them from home, their levels of their magnesium, their hydration, their vitamin C, their calcium, sodium, a couple other ones. And right through the app, they have a nutritionist on chat that they can talk to anytime. And the app tells them lifestyle recommendations based on their results. So it's really a way for people to understand what's going on inside their body and then what Mm -hmm. to do about it all from home and and in a very affordable way. Got it. Got it. Well, that's awesome. Well, and so I'd like to go into some of the ways that over at Vessel Health that you've been, uh, some of the leadership tools you've implemented to really help prevent burnout from your team. Because I think that's one of the things that a lot of people are, who are leading people are dealing with is, you know, people are just getting burnt out and we have to figure out how we're going to address that and still move the business forward. I mean, and because with my background, right, I spent 20 years at large corporations. And one of the things I've noticed is that there's a tendency for, say, you know, for kind of programs will come in and there'll be stuff that'll get implemented, you know, and, but the thing is the company's big enough to where you can absorb having a considerable swath of the employee base, having reduced levels of productive output without tanking the company. You could actually have, I've, I think that in a lot of large companies, if people were really, really honest with themselves, they'd be shocked at how little actually gets done relative to the amount of people who are employed. But I digress. And so, but that's not how it works in small companies because, you know, you still have to maintain productive output uh, because, you know, if you lose 40% of your employee productivity, you're done, the game's over. And so I think that balance is something that I think is really important to understand because you just don't have, let's say that margin and cash backstop that a lot of larger companies do. So tell me about how you've been able to balance that in your company. Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting observation on like the corporate level, like half or most of the employees are actually burnt out and they can absorb that. Yeah. It's totally different in startup, right? Everybody, we look at ourselves as a professional sports team. Like everybody is really has to be performing at the, at the highest level because we're a small team. You know, we started out with two people, three people, and now we're, we're at 35 people, which is still a small team and we rely on people. So for us, it started out with core values. And I know that that sounds contrived, but we really dug deep into our core values and said, Hey, everybody that comes on this bus, we want to 
behaved like this. Uh-huh. And so the people that have come into the company, we hire based on the core values. We do a core value interview. We give yeah. people props and, and bonuses based on the core values. And we exit people based on our core values too, if people are breaching our core values. So we spend a lot of time and a lot of focus on the core values to get the people in the company that we really want to behave like this. And one of them is we got you. So, hey, can uh-huh. I trust this person? Is this person going to have my back through thick and thin? You know, that's a really, really important part for us. So Getting the right people aligned, I think, is first and foremost, one of the big ways to prevent burnout and and create a a more team cohesion. Because a lot of times, if I'm looking at somebody who's saying they're burnt out, there's a couple of different things. It's not a one package fits all. It's not like, hey, go take a week off and then you'll come back perfect. You know, a lot of times somebody's experiencing what they would call burnout because they're misaligned with the company. And they're yeah. actually not motivated because they're misaligned with the company. Sometimes it's they're having a personal issue with one of their team members and that's causing them to burn out. I've yeah. noticed that very rarely it actually is because they've been working you know, to midnight every single night for, for 10 weeks in a row. Uh-huh. A lot of times it's misalignment on values, misalignment on mission, disagreements or issues with their team members. And then sometimes it is because they are really redlining, what we call redlining. And they're, they're pushing too hard. So we try to solve for all of those different things. In terms of misalignment on values, misalignment on mission, that's where our core values come in. Because everybody who's in the company is super bought into the mission of Vessel. And yeah. they're not just here for a paycheck. Like missionaries and mercenaries, we, we have 95 to 100% missionaries on the team, not necessarily mercenaries who are just looking for the next paycheck. We really, at Vessel, try to bring on the right team members who want to change the world, want to make the world a better place and are using Vessel as that tool to do that. Tension with team members, that's a big one. If you're not jiving with team members, that can create resistance towards working, it can create tension, it can really bring a negative energy. So what we do there is conscious communication. There's a really great book called 15 Commitments of Conscious Leadership, and we brought in a lot of those tools into the company. That's having clearing sessions. So if you're having tension with somebody at our company, we train you to have a clearing conversation with that person and just completely reveal and say, hey, here are the facts, here are the stories I'm telling myself about the about what's going on. This is what I'd want. And we've noticed that we've been able to root out almost all drama in the company based on that because everybody is just so open and transparent yeah. with each other. It's creating an almost drama-free environment. And not to mention, we're a very transparent, open company. We share everything from our cash flow statements to our financials with everybody in the company. So it creates that air of openness that roots out any of that drama. And then for the people that are actually redlining, because it's hard. A startup is intense. I mean, you're, yeah. you're just going, going, you're sending it all day. So we, at the leadership level, have to lead uh, by example. So for us, we have these steps that we encourage people to do. One is, you know, if you're really feeling burnt out, like take a Friday off, take, turn off your phone, meditate, do yeah. yoga, go do something like that or a longer weekend. And we also encourage workations. We're a virtual company. So we, yeah. we kind of coach people on how to do workations where, hey, why don't you go somewhere with your family? work in the morning and then enjoy the rest of your day and do that for me personally. That's what helps me. I love traveling yeah. around the world and I do those workations very often. So at the leadership level, we encourage those types of things. And we find that when people feel empowered to make those types of decisions, then they can self-regulate. We also offer meditation and yoga and, and different items like that. But I think a lot of times in our culture, 
there's this kind of swing of the pendulum of like, oh, you know, if you work hard at all, like it's not worth it or the, this like work balance thing. And, yeah. and sometimes you have to work hard for a mission and sometimes you get to work hard for a mission. And you can balance that with these other items here of being aligned with the mission, being aligned with the team, and then self-regulating on the burnout. We can go into nutrition and other things like yeah. that on the physical side of it. But kind of those three things are the big ways that we look to manage team performance and, and team really morale at that level. Yeah. I think the, you know, the nutrition, it would be, it'd definitely be interesting to unpack a little bit, but there's a lot that you said that I want to make sure we explore a little deeper. So, because one of the things that, that really resonated with me is the idea of having a very high degree of transparency, because that really resonates with me because I, I think that's the right way to lead. I mean, and further, I think one of the things that I feel is really important too is to recognize that if you are genuinely attracting A players, that they won't be with you indefinitely. You know, and instead of kind of building in this expectation that people are going to stay forever, to just be upfront and say, okay, hey, look, you know, I understand that at some point you're going to either want to move on to another opportunity or are going to want to start your own thing. And so instead of hiding that, let me know what you're thinking about and let's get you as many experiences here as you can so that you'll be ready for that next step when you want to take it. It almost shocks me how few companies or you know how few cultures really have that conversation. There's sort of still this embedded assumption that you're going to stay indefinitely. Totally. Yeah. We try to be as transparent as possible at every stage. Every single time the leadership team or, or me and my co-founders have talked about you know, hey, should we tell the team about this? Yeah. Running out of cash in a few weeks or exiting a large amount of team members. Like those are things that I think our society says, hey, keep to your vest, yeah, keep close to yeah. your vest. Don't tell the team, don't rock the boat. But we found that every single time we decide to open the kimono, as they say, and, yeah. and tell the team and yeah. just have an open, honest conversation and treat everybody like adults, it's worked in our advantage tenfold. It's made the team closer together. It's made the team more bought in. And same thing, like you said, of like team members, you know, exiting and, and leaving, that's a part of the game. That's, I think when you're hiding stuff, you're trying to avoid reality. And yeah. for me, as an amateur stoic, facing reality and acknowledging reality is the best approach. And it's always been the best the best solutions come from that open environment because then you're also getting more people involved in the challenge. You're getting more dialogue. And like you said, with people, you know, some people have come to me and said, Hey, I'm feeling really down. Like I'm thinking about moving on because of X, Y, Z. And then we have a totally open conversation about it. And they're still here two years later, working hard, super bought into the yeah. mission and some of my closest team members. So I think it's totally, it's uncomfortable to have conversations like that in the moment. And it creates more tension and challenges downstream when you avoid uncomfortable conversations. Yeah, no, completely, completely. My feeling is that, you know, I, I think this paradigm, this, you know, kind of this mission-based, transparency-based paradigm, I feel that is the, the world-class model of the future. You know, now that's something that's really hard to scale up to like, say, 100,000 people. But I don't necessarily know that the future is going to be populated with as many monster companies that have, you know, lots and lots and lots of employees. I'd be really interested to hear your thoughts there, just because, you know, I think that the the degree of agility that's that's required, you know, and also just, I think that, you know, the, the innovation always comes from outside of the industry leaders. And so, you know, I think that for a long time, there was a tendency where the existing companies would, or the kind of the main industry leaders would just kind of keep getting larger. 
I don't know that we're necessarily going to be getting to a major contraction, although I don't know, maybe at the time of this recording, there's been uh, the equity markets have you know, have had a really rough year so far, you know, and with inflation coming up, I think that there's going to be, I think a lot of traditional business models are really going to get challenged. And so there will be a, a basically a need for businesses to run a lot leaner. And, you know, in a lot of cases, I think what that's going to mean is instead of doing a whole bunch of things in-house with enormous teams will be, you'll have a more small focus team, and then you'll have partnerships that address a lot of those things that, they, that you'd otherwise, uh, otherwise do in-house. Um, I'm just kind of riffing here. Uh, <laughs> let me know your thoughts here, because I'm very open to being uh, being shown where I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Two things are coming to my mind as, as you were talking there. One, in terms of the transparency and openness and seeing how that scales. I think one company that is attempting to do that and has been doing it really well, and we'll see how they get to as they get to the next level is Netflix. So Netflix yeah. has a really transparent, honest culture. They send memos at the highest level throughout the entire company. They treat people like adults. There's some really great books that Reed Hastings and a couple other Netflix people have come out with. And now they're at this next global scale yeah. and they're trying to maintain this context over process structure. And it's really interesting to see how that plays out because I think they're one of the, for me, from a culture perspective, one of the more innovative cultures at a big level. So they're trying uh -huh. to do it. They're trying to scale that and they're now coming across issues of you know, globalization, like switching cultures and different cultures reacting differently to the context over process and the openness and the transparency. So I think that's one company that's trying to do it. And it's, yeah. it's really interesting. And I think it's a cool endeavor because you don't see that in like the Googles and the Apples, et cetera. So yeah. I think that's really cool to see. In terms of what you're saying about potentially a future in which there's more smaller businesses as opposed to a few bigger businesses, that I think, yeah, I think the jury's out. I think as a society, we want to move towards a more decentralized yes. workplace, right? We have, you know, that's exactly in my eyes, what blockchain is trying to do is yeah. move to that decentralized and a lot of the technology web 3.0 is yeah. trying to make a more decentralized structure. And then you have the big companies like Google, Apple, Facebook, trying to suck in and be more centralized. Yeah. So there's this really interesting kind of battle that's going on right now and we'll we'll see who wins it's kind of a foot race but for me personally i think a more conscious future involves more decentralization and, and more empowerment yeah. uh, to the individual yeah and i could not agree more and although yeah the i have a lot of uh, kind of internal mental conflict about blockchain just because i mean i, I you know I, I understand what blockchain does i understand what it is but it is an exceptionally inefficient way to solve technological problems. And so I think that's what that, that's the thing is that I, I think decentralization is absolutely the right way. It's the wave of the future. I'm not sure that blockchain is the answer there. And this isn't the blockchain podcast, so that's fine. <laughs> but you know, like you know, with, with, with the crypto meltdown, I guess the thing that I could was never really able to understand. I, and you know, you know, I don't want to try to say, oh, this is proving me right, but I mean maybe it is. I don't know. But the thing that I was never really able to understand with like Bitcoin, Ethereum, and all these other things is that the way that the blockchain is set up is that it's set up to where you essentially have a whole bunch of people simultaneously trying to do transaction validation. And that design means that a large amount of that effort is wasted. And so you basically have a technology design that has a extreme amount of waste in the design. And so it 
feels to me um, impossible that that's something that you'll be able to really scale. I don't think blockchain was meant to be scaled. I think decentralized, I don't want to say DeFi because decentralization is about more than just finance, but you know, I, I think it bothers me that people think of DeFi and blockchain as the same thing. And I'm not saying that that's what you were doing, but I'm just going off on a little bit of a rant here. Uh, it bothers yeah. me that people think that they're the same thing because they're not. And that, you know, I think having decentralized business is, you know, I think is that wave of the future. I don't know that blockchain is the best vehicle for that. But anyway, rant over, tangent over, back on topic, which is really kind of, you know, about that leading around burnout and really that world-class business transformation. Because I think that ultimately, you know, empowering smaller businesses, local businesses, and then and decentralizing a lot of that, I think really is that direction, you know, where the future great businesses are headed. Yeah. And you, I think also that's where the future of great businesses can point to their membership base and their customer base as well. For example, for Vessel, like our, one of our biggest things is to democratize the health information uh, of people, yeah. right? Right now, our medical industrial system is designed in almost an oppressive way that's disempowering to the member, the customer, the person. And so for us, what we want to do is be able to give people that power back yeah. with their testing in their home affordably. You know, our cards cost about $10 a card. And then you can understand your magnesium levels, your vitamin C levels, and, and a bunch of other things, and then get access to a nutritionist on chat. So now people can be more empowered to make better decisions yeah. for them to then they can sleep better, they can have better focus, they can have better, they can be calmer people, which all just helps them live a healthier, happier, longer life, as opposed to feeling like they have to go to this big structure and, you know, people yeah. can get access to their MRI images and, and different things like this. It, it's a very top down, like you're disempowered and let me help you as opposed to I'm empowered to make my decisions because I'm an autonomous human. Yeah. So I think also businesses that shift the power back into the person, I hope is the future as well. Yeah, I would agree. And because like, you know, think about health, right? You know, I would say a but 20 years ago, kind of the, the, the baby boom Gen X way of thinking about health has been things like, okay, well, you know, how do we make pharmaceuticals less expensive? I think the, what I would call the new way, I'm, I'm a late Gen Xer, so I'm, I'm backing on my generation a little bit, but kind of the, I don't want to say millennial, but I think the new intelligence on something like health, or at least the way I think about it is to say, okay, instead of making pharmaceuticals less expensive, I want to make them unnecessary in the first place or less necessary in the first place. I think that's where the effort really needs to go is to make it so that there is less of a need for highly structured health because highly structured health is extremely expensive and it's getting getting more expensive at a compounding rate. And so, you know, it almost seems to me that, you know, at some point you hit that tipping point, you know, where kind of, you know, the traditional structured health becomes essentially out of reach for enough people to where it, it just needs to structurally change. I don't think we're there yet, but I feel like we're getting there. And I, I think that things like, you know, you have innovations that keep you from needing to consume structured health in the first place are what I think are really going to make the difference. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Yeah, couldn't agree more with that. All right. Outstanding. Well, uh, well, hey, uh, Christian, I'd love for you to give out your website. That way people can connect with you and uh, learn a little more. And uh, if you have one or two last thoughts, uh, it'd be great to hear them. Yeah, absolutely. Vesselhealth.com. So you can yeah. check us out at Vesselhealth.com. You can get a free trial so you can get a test card for free to try it uh -huh. out, see how you like it, chat with the nutritionist on chat, take the test, see your test results. So all that's through Vesselhealth.com. And yeah, Doug, it was, it's been great talking to you yeah. and it's been really nice being on here. Yeah, outstanding. Well, hey, Christian, hope you have a great day. Yeah, absolutely, Doug. Thanks a lot. 
Calculator. Thank you for listening to the Terminal Value Podcast. Please feel free to visit me online at www.terminalvalue.biz where you can subscribe, find me on social, and then we can connect and just keep the conversation going. I'm really looking forward to hearing from you, and I hope you have a wonderful day. All rights reserved. No part of this broadcast may be produced in any form by any means without written permission from Business of Life, LLC. All trademarks and brands referred to herein are the property of their respective owners. Thank you for listening to the Terminal Value Podcast. Please feel free to visit me online at www.terminalvalue.biz where you can subscribe, find me on social, and then we can connect and just keep the conversation going. I'm really looking forward to hearing from you, and I hope you have a wonderful day. All rights reserved. No part of this broadcast may be produced in any form by any means without written permission from Business of Life, LLC. All trademarks and brands referred to herein are the property of their respective owners.